Hello and welcome to New Horizons in Health, bringing veteran healthcare into the future. I'm Dr. Sharif El-Nahal, honored to serve as Undersecretary for Health for the Department of Veterans Affairs. And I have a esteemed panel today to talk about a really exciting topic around 3D printing that helps veterans across the country. I just want to talk a little bit about our Office of Advanced Manufacturing before I introduce our incredible guests. This is a center within the VA that is particularly put in place to customize what we can make for practical use for veterans for any and all healthcare needs that they may have. It's a mechanism to essentially make what we cannot buy, knowing that we didn't want to be limited by the supply chain or what we could buy from vendors. But if we couldn't buy it, we wanted to be able to create it. And the reason we're able to create it are the incredible people that I have on this podcast to introduce you to right now. The first is Air Force veteran Jeff Larson. The second is Seth Hills, a rehabilitation engineer at the Richmond VA Medical Center, who's worked closely and uh, treated Jeff. And then finally, Melissa Oliver, program coordinator for assistive technology at the Richmond VA Medical Center. So thank all three of you for joining me today to talk about a really exciting topic. And so, Jeff, let's start with you, our veteran for today's episode. Can you please just tell us a little bit about yourself and your service and ultimately what uh, brought you to VA for care? Uh, I served just under 19 years in the Air Force uh, Special Operations Pararescue, otherwise known as PJs. Uh, during that time, about three years approximately in our pipeline, going through training from becoming a paramedic to uh, static line to free fall, jumping, uh, dive operations, and uh, technical rescue specialist. Uh, from there, I went to Las Vegas, Nevada, I was for a couple years uh, and did several deployments there before I assessed and went to the 24 Special Tactic Squadron at Pope Army Airfield. Uh, there I did multiple deployments, totaling up to 20 deployments from Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, uh, Africa, and Europe, uh, all over the place doing all sorts of crazy, crazy activities and things. Then, unfortunately, uh, on my hobby farm, we have three horses and chickens and cats and dogs. Uh, I was pushing over a large square bale of hay and unfortunately fell back and hit my head against the barn uh, and only fell about three feet and I immediately knew I was paralyzed. I mm. uh, still can't believe to this day the fact that did over a thousand jumps and twin deployments and me falling three feet and hitting my head against the barn, uh, I became paralyzed. So I broke my neck at cervical spine C4-5, uh, which is pretty high up in the neck. Uh, and I was very fortunate enough just to be able to breathe on my own, uh, let alone still be conscious at the accident. Uh, thankfully, my father was standing right next to me when the accident happened, so he was able to call for emergency services uh, and then went to the hospital and found out I broke my neck that I had emergency surgery that night and the next day to fuse my neck from C3 through 6. Uh, and with this... Uh, being a quadriplegic, I don't have use or function of most of my body, basically from nipple line down. Uh, so I went through extensive rehabilitation over the next six months at the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia, 
And then after being there for several months, I was transferred to the VA system uh, in actually Augusta, Georgia, where I started uh, my rehabilitation services with the VA. Got home, started living my life. I have a two-year-old, uh, Jackson, and then also a 10-year-old, Lucas, and just living life with them. We ended up transferring my services up to Richmond to where I went through uh, surgery where they took my bicep and wrapped it around and connected it to my tricep. That I'd have that tricep function, just trying to get any and all more function uh, and capabilities uh, to just live life in a normal day. Fortunately, when I was there, I was able to meet some amazing people and I met Seth and he introduced me to some of the 3D printing that the VA has. Uh, while I was there, Seth and then I went back and forth and created several different uh, items and things that help me through my daily living uh, and has been unbelievably helpful and I continue to look forward to get more things done in the future too. Well, the extent of your service, Jeff, is frankly extraordinary. 20 deployments just really incredible service to the nation and then to be able to turn such a hardship into productive action with our VA team to help so many more vets is just so so impressive and so Seth I just want to get um, your perspective on things you have a bachelor's in mechanical engineering and bioengineering and you're a certified prosthetist and orthotist why did you choose BA for your career well I think number one um at the VA, we have the opportunity to serve our nation's veterans. That's number one. But also, we have the tools and resources available to us to put the patient first. And uh, my experience outside of the VA was not necessarily per patient first. It was a lot of uh, bottom line driven. Um, you know, we certainly try to put the patient first, but uh, we have the opportunity here to really help people become independent and provide them with tools to do so. Uh, so I have the opportunity to design, which I love, and I have the opportunity to work with patients. So it's a great mix. Uh, I get to work with great people like Jeff and uh, help them become more independent, find different solutions that aren't available to them at, um, before we met. So. I love the fact that you take the approach in working with the veterans you serve to make the therapies and the services you offer even better. And you do that as a member of the assistive technologies team at Richmond. What does the program do and how does the Office of Advanced Manufacturing, which I mentioned earlier, and its 3D printing capabilities help uh, in your mission? So uh, the assistive technology program, it's been around for more than 10 years in Richmond, I think up to 12 now. And um, it we work closely with the veteran with the clinicians and their caregivers the, the, the veterans caregivers to find solutions to um, help them to become independent so there's a lot of technology out there but not all of it will meet the needs of every individual veteran mm -hmm. and so that's a great spot for uh, 3d printing to come in um, you know we have the expertise not only to print I mean anybody can hit print on a printer but how do you get those designs into the system? You have to have some expertise, some ability to take these ideas and put them into an actual uh, CAD system and then be able to print them. So having that expertise uh, and then 
being able to produce it for the veteran is unique to the assistive technology program and unique to the Office of Advanced Manufacturing. So the Office of Advanced Manufacturing is really providing an avenue for these services that we're able to provide be available to everybody in the nation that's a veteran. Mm -hmm. So uh, previously, it was somewhat of an onerous uh, process to be able to consult us from a different state or a different VA. Now through OAM, they can streamline that process. That's really great. Melissa, let's go to you. Your program was among the first to actually purchase and utilize a 3D printer before we had such a big infrastructure on that within the VA. And so can you talk about what motivated you to try this new technology out uh, in your service to vets? What motivated you to do that and what impact have you seen since then? Absolutely. So I'm an occupational therapist and we're always looking for innovative ways to uh, create solutions to help our veterans kind of achieve their daily living activities. And so 3D printing made a natural fit, you know, uh, as an occupational therapist, we'll pick things up in the medical center and just to create that solution. It might be out of a supply closet, it might be using sprinting material, but 3D printing really added another layer, another opportunity. It provided something that could be more durable. We could print quickly, we could prototype quickly, and collaborating with clinical rehab engineers allowed us to come up with that customized solution. Mm -hmm. So. We advocated early on to, to purchase a 3D printer. We call it the Easy Bake Oven because it was a way to really come up with a solution specific for a veteran. So we work closely with that clinician. And then since then, we've been able to work with the uh, innovation programs to help to expand our capabilities, not just with 3D printing, but other advanced manufacturing technology such as laser cutting, uh, electronics, we're adding to add brains to some of the 3D printing solutions we have with the use of electronics, doing injection molding, vacuum forming, uh, using CNC machinery. So we're really exciting about the expansion now that advanced manufacturing can provide, not just with 3D printing, to help to customize these solutions. It's really excellent. And so all of this, of course, only matters, uh, Jeff, when it comes to assisting veterans like you when you need it the most. And so. Again, you not only have benefited uh, from the work that Seth and Melissa have done, you've contributed to it directly. Uh, and frankly, it's where it is uh, in, in large part because of your input. So uh, can you just talk a little bit about the assistive technologies uh, that you and Seth designed together and how have they impacted your well-being and your quality of life? So Seth came to me and uh, just initially kind of asked, what are some things I was looking for? What are some of my hobbies? And one of the biggest things that he actually brought to me was he already had designed a toothbrush holder. And I know that sounds as simple as, as weird as it can be, but when you're quadriplegic and you can't even hold anything in your hands, uh, what we utilize is uh, items called U-cuffs on our braces. Uh, so I actually have 3D printed braces uh, that I have got actually not from the VA, they were from the hanger clinic because at the time the VA did not have the material to print and make these kind of braces. But in these braces, I have a piece to where I'm able to add things into my palm of my hand. So he was able to print and uh, have some things where I could put my toothbrush in. I could brush my teeth on my own instead of having a caregiver or my spouse brush my teeth for me. And those little things like that just give me a sense of independence that I had before to where it's I have none now 
and just that little simple thing is one mentally is amazing but then also two just being able to do things on your own is a lot of fun uh with that not only did he uh show me that toothbrush holder here let me show you that toothbrush holder So it just wraps around my toothbrush, and then this piece here uh, goes into the palm of my hand, like how I have my uh, stylus here to operate my phone and things. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes in the palm of my hand, and then I'm able to brush my teeth just like normal. Uh, with that, though, my, my braces, if I'm not wearing them, uh, whether I'm trying to work on strengthening my wrists or just not having braces on 24-7, uh, Seth created uh, just a U-cuff that I can have in the palm of my hand and utilizing Velcro to secure it to my hand so I'm not having a brace mobilize my wrist as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's these here. Yep. So you can see there that it's able just to be in the palm of your hand mm -hmm. and you can add my toothbrush just to that so then I can work on strengthening my wrist as well. Uh, and the last thing Seth and I worked on, which is probably my favorite, uh, I was an avid shooter before the accident, and everything I've been trying to do since the accident is trying to get back into doing the things I did before, whether it's just being outdoors, where the VA actually helped me as well get an outdoor chair so I can go down paths and trails that my normal wheelchair can't. But he was able to modify and adapt a brace to where it can hold my finger to where I'm able to fire a gun on my outdoor chair, uh, specifically a long gun, and it uh, mobilizes my finger so it doesn't just roll off the trigger. So let me show you this piece. So with all of these devices that when Seth came to me is he had – slightly different ones of each and Seth worked with me directly uh, and multiple times came back with different uh, devices throughout my stay there and it was pleasure working with Seth because he would sit there and come down talk to me and ask me this or that and change his modifications and I could see his brain just spinning on all the things then he was able to go back and, and put it in the computer and then a day or two later he'd come back to my room and there it is. He's got this new uh, device for me to try out and use. That's incredible. You know, it's it's great, Seth, that you have this approach where you just first ask, what does the veteran need and what does the veteran want? And what makes yeah. veterans feel happy and fulfilled? And then you create the solution with 3D printing. And so I'm sure it is ultimately a lot harder than it sounds though. And I just wanted to get your perspective on your journey in doing that, um, obstacles you faced, you know, uh, did we get in your way at the VA more than we should have? What do you think? Um, so there were some obstacles. Uh, we, as uh, Jeff mentioned, we did have some back and forth where we had to overcome probably my uh, initial faux pas in design, but um, you know, just, being able to work directly with Jeff and with the other clinicians that work with him, our occupational therapists and uh, PTs. I, I mentioned all the T's, but there's a whole long list. <laughs> um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, just having the, uh, 
the uh, freedom to be able to go back and forth with the veteran, with the caregivers, and uh, come up with the solutions is is really unique to this experience and to this uh, to the VA. Um, some of the uh, things that we ran into, uh, Jeff doesn't have the ability to keep his wrist from uh, flexing or extending. So the initial splint that I brought to him for shooting sports was just a finger splint. And so we tried that out and it just, you know, bent his wrist and didn't do what he needed it to do. Hmm. So uh, we took that and decided that we could couple it with uh, off the shelf wrist hand splint and uh, we're able to combine the two and provide a solution that worked well for him. So that was a good collaboration with him and with our uh, P&O prosthetics and orthotics team. Mm -hmm. And um, also, you know, I'm not the only one behind the scenes doing these designs. We have a team of three re uh, rehab engineers in Richmond mm -hmm. and uh, 10 plus throughout the nation. Uh, another clinician, or sorry, another uh, engineer in our facility designed the toothbrush holder and it's made uh, great uh, difference in veterans lives across the country John Miller I, I want to make sure that I didn't get the credit for him <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great I mean uh, the journey that you and Jeff started out with uh, with all of this is much different from where we are today in terms of the infrastructure and so Melissa I just want to talk to you about uh, what we've been able to build since then to make it easier uh, for you know, folks like Seth's to help veterans, to bring veterans into the process, uh, like Jeff, who's just been so tremendously helpful in these efforts. You know, what is the Office of Advanced Manufacturing doing now to make all of that easier and better? Absolutely, we, we've worked really to kind of stockpile digital um, designs that we've created to help with medical supplies, medical devices, mm -hmm. in case we're ever um, confronted again with another pandemic, we'll be prepared. Mm -hmm. We really utilize the 3D printing network that existed prior to COVID, where we might have had 3D printers here and there at other VAs, but now with this Office of Advanced Manufacturing, we can stockpile these designs and be ready if we ever needed to stand up again in an emergency. So let's talk about what the role it played during the pandemic. Can you describe that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we immediately um, came together. We worked closely with NIH and we helped, and the FDA, and we helped to create um, uh, pepper hoods. We created uh, nasal swabs. We made uh, face shields. We were also able to make um, uh, surgical masks that we were needing. Um, at RVA, we made a clear talker mask to help with the deaf and hard of hearing, which also helped with speech therapy and mental health. Um, RVA also laser cut the face shield, so we made over 15,000 that were shared across the country to help. And so we were able to kind of stockpile all these designs and share them out to the public. Yeah. So private sector could utilize that. And from that really birthed the Office of Advanced Manufacturing. And so since then, we've been able to um, work on kind of something that Jeff alluded to, which was he got his splint from an outside organization. And we want to bring that back in-house and be mm -hmm. able to help with orthotics and prosthetics. So we're currently working on a digital workflow to really help that process along from scanning a veteran's needs for an orthotic or a prosthetic to them producing that final limb that they might need or brace that they might need. So we're actively working on that to improve that process. And then the other thing is RVA has worked uh, very closely with NIH and the Office of Advanced Manufacturing to create 3D printing design library. 
So now our designs are made public and are available for anybody, whether you're in the VA or outside of the VA, to see these designs and download them and utilize them, whether it's for a veteran or someone in their home or their family that might need the same solution. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really excited about sharing that out. We have 31 designs up now on the NIH site. It's really just tremendous. I was in New Jersey during the worst of the pandemic mm. and ran a hospital right across the Hudson River from New York City when they were, you know, using trash bags mm. and God forbid some of these other items that yeah. you would never consider using in normal times for PPE. And while that was happening, you all were starting to 3D print these essential things and offering the designs to the broader American healthcare system. So just a really a tremendous accomplishment and finding ways uh, to help veterans uh, like Jeff even beyond that. So kudos to you and that team for sure. Uh, Want to go back to you, Jeff, and ask you, um, you know, what would you like VA to know and what would you like the country to know, frankly, about how the VA can serve, better serve veterans like you? Is it more support for this work? Are there other things that we should be focusing on? Um, and whether that's part of the assistive technology program or not, uh, where should the country be in helping veterans from your perspective? Uh, from my perspective, I've actually been very fortunate and had a wonderful experience with the VA. Uh, I've always, before retiring and everything like that, I heard horror stories of this or that uh, through the past years, but all of my experiences so far have been great. Uh, with that, yes, there's at times where if you're kind of not the squeaky wheel, uh, you're not going to get what you need or whatnot, but it's one of those you get 100% of what you don't ask for. As long as you can advocate for yourself and explain why you're wanting something or why you're needing something, uh, the VA is there to support us. It's just getting through some of that red tape and being able to take the time to get through it can sometimes be very difficult, but it's also very rewarding on the tail end of it. That's really great. And, you know, we're looking into the future now for responding to what veterans tell us they what they need. Uh, and, you know, the Richmond VA Medical Center is all set for a ribbon cutting, as I understand it, later this month uh, for a new lab. So can you tell us about that, uh, Melissa, for advanced manufacturing? Yeah, we're, we're very excited. We have are fortunate to renovate a building to kind of um, start this uh, advanced manufacturing center. We're one of six um, within the Office of Advanced Manufacturing. Um, it's really kind of all different types of technology. It's not just 3D printing. So we'll be able to prototype different uh, solutions for veterans. We'll be doing everything from pre-surgical planning for medical modeling and simulation. We'll be doing things around orthotics and prosthetics helping with assistive technology um, within the rehab world, doing a lot around simulation to help our future um, providers be able to better plan the care for our veterans. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be working with our other five sites across the country um, and along with uh, the Seattle site, which is an FDA registered site. So they'll be making medical device, but we'll be able to help to test things out at the Richmond one. So we're really excited about that. But one thing I wanna add is while we have six sites, we can reach every veteran across the country because that's our vision is to be able to meet the needs of all our veterans across the country no matter where they're at. Mm -hmm. If their home VA doesn't have a 3D printer, that doesn't mean we can't help them. We'll be available to help them and have access to whatever needs that they have to meet their goals. Yeah, so tell us about the relationship we have with the FDA. I just think that's a really exciting feature yeah. of what OAM can do, so please. 
Absolutely. So we partnered with the FDA early on when 3D printing was really coming into the forefront of healthcare. We reached out to the FDA and say, okay, what are our limits? What are our capabilities? What yeah. boundaries can we push? Um, and they collaborated with us. They met with us multiple times. We've done public um, workshops, um, have uh, contributed to their white papers. And now we got to partner with them during the COVID um, pandemic because they're the ones who helped to speed up that process so we could get out the PPE designs and production out there that was needed in a very timely manner. Mm -hmm. And through that, we learned a lot. We partnered a lot. So now we're able to be FDA registered to make these medical devices. They walk us through that process and it's very collaborative. We're really grateful for that partnership. Fantastic. Just another example of how we don't take no for an answer. Exactly. Uh, when it comes to what's possible, we'll reach out across agencies and other organizations to help veterans uh, as much as we possibly can. And so, Seth, I'm interested in your perspective on what the future is for 3D printing and what you do and more broadly in healthcare. What, uh, you know, frontiers have we not reached yet? What's your sense of where we can go with this? Well, we haven't reached the uh, Star Trek phase where we can just create things from a, a thought or a word. So there's a long ways to go. Um, I think, uh, you know, near term, you know, as Melissa mentioned, we're really working towards having a digital workflow for prosthetics and orthotics, being able to take a scan of the patient, modify that in software, and then uh, 3D print a solution for the, the, the veteran. Um, that's one of the main goals of OAM. Uh, another one is to be able to provide medical models and medical devices that are needed for, for uh, patient care, as well as assistive technology. Um, I think there's a lot of potential and it'll, it'll continue to improve. Uh, we've seen huge progress over the uh, time that I've, I've been here in Richmond. Uh, printing technology has advanced significantly where we can print uh, strong parts that are able to withstand a lot of different forces and abuse. Um, hopefully in the future we'll be seeing organs being printed and Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, uh, solutions to um, diabetes and other very life-changing uh, diseases. So, yeah, we hope to be able to talk about tissue engineering uh, in a future episode because the prospects are just so exciting. Yeah. But really, uh, really interesting thoughts you have about what's possible. Uh, Jeff, we'll give you the last word uh, as we always do for our veteran guests. Um, Tell us what, how you think we can better bring veterans into our design process, into our thinking for our programming. What would you recommend to me on how to bring veterans into our programs, not just benefiting from our programs, but co-designing with us as you did for this? What are your tips for me to be able to do that better? Uh, my biggest thing for veterans and my teammates and everything is uh, in the VA healthcare system, like the world and everything is at our fingertips. It's just, you need to be able to advocate for yourself and go out there and ask for them. Uh, we truly do have one of the best healthcares in the world. Uh, as much as people boo-hoo it or uh, speak down against the VA, it truly is there to support us in every way. It's the getting guys just to go out there and ask for the help and it's the 
knowing that those options are out there and knowing that, hey, 3D printing, we really can go and print anything and everything. And the fact that they can, you can literally hold up your arm and they can take a phone and scan your arm and put it into a computer and make a brace for you, that those little things that can improve your life significantly, they are there for us. You just have to ask. And that's the hardest part with anybody is asking for help. I know that was one of the biggest things and hurdles that I had to get over with my injury is asking my friends and family for help. Uh, sometimes it's just swallow that pride, realize that they're there to help us and they want to help us. Uh, every person I've interacted with the VA, whether it's from vocational rehab to occupational therapist to set to yourself, it's everybody is there to support us and help us. So don't be afraid to ask. Amen, my friend. Uh, and we are lucky that you helped us with this and made care even better for veterans. That will be a legacy that you leave uh, into the future for how we do this work. Um, and what I can tell you is the impact will be tremendous and already has been tremendous uh, thanks to your uh, service to the country and your working with us. So uh, with that, uh, we'll close out today uh, with our esteemed panel. I just want to thank all three of you again. Uh, for joining me. This has been uh, New Horizons in Health, bringing veterans healthcare into the future with uh, Sharif Alnahal, Undersecretary for Health. Uh, it's really great to join you as always. And thank you so much for your support for veterans. We are constantly looking for new and better ways to serve vets. That's why we are here. And we will continue to talk about the new things we are doing to help veterans across the country. Thank you so much. <music>